We serve a God of abundance, yet you're still living paycheck to paycheck. We serve a God of order, yet your house always seems to be a mess. You feel unappreciated and overwhelmed just trying to keep up. Does the noise of life drown out the voice of God? Hi, my name is Gina Morton, a Catholic wife, mom, and declutter coach. Welcome to Pruning to Prosper, the podcast where we talk about all the practical things to run your home smoothly. Clutter, money, mindset, and yes, everyone still wants to eat. So we'll talk about that too. That nagging in your heart is God telling you he has more for you than just trying to keep up. If you're ready to get uncomfortable, get brave, and see what you can do, then grab your garden shears because you're about to prune away the stuff so you can prosper into the woman God has called you to be. In whatever you do, remember your last days and you will never sin. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Pruning to Prosper. I'm your host, Gina Morton, and this is the podcast where we prune away all the stuff standing between you and the woman that God has called you to be. So that opening Bible verse was from the book of Sirach, and it's the theme that I want to talk about today. Remember your last days, and you will never sin. Today, we observe the feasts of all saints. It's a holy day of obligation, so try to get to church today. Today, we honor all the martyrs, saints, and confessors, and all those known and unknown who have gained the reward of heaven. And tomorrow, we celebrate All Souls Day. And this is not a holy day of obligation tomorrow, but um, that's the day where we pray for those who have died and are awaiting heaven, or otherwise known as the souls in purgatory. So, But all throughout the month of November, the Catholic Church remembers those who have died which is why today I want to talk about memento mori and how we can use this concept to live our best life. So what is memento mori? It is translation from the Latin, remember you will die. It's a concept in line with Stoic teachings that encourages individuals to contemplate their own mortality and to accept the inevitability of our death by recognizing that our time on earth is limited we are reminded to focus on what truly matters and to live our lives with purpose and meaning. And at baptism, when we were baptized Catholic, we were called to be saints. And in the famous painting, um, you guys know I love art, and the Catholic Church has funded some of the greatest works of art ever produced. Um, I'm not sure if the Catholic Church funded this painting, the St. Jerome writing. But if you're looking at my Facebook or the Instagram, that's what that painting is, okay? It's Caravaggio's painting of St. Jerome writing. And you'll see, if you're looking at that image, or if you just want to Google the image, there is a human skull sitting on his desk. And that is to remind him that he too will die. And in other great works of art, that passage of time or the inevitable death is often portrayed or depicted as an hourglass or a timepiece or even decaying and dying flowers or trees, you know, the autumn scenes like that, okay? Um, And when we pray the Hail Mary, we are literally saying the words um, that we're asking her to intercede for us when we say the words now and at the hour of our death. So we're asking her to intercede on our, our behalf. And if you're praying a daily rosary, you are technically contemplating your own death 
53 times in the course of that rosary. So 53 times you're asking our Blessed Mother to be there with you now and at the hour of our death. And I I just think it's such a beautiful image that we can only hope for is that she will be there to greet us in the end. Um, And in remembering that we will die, we can focus each day on how to truly live. So I wanted to ask you guys today, have you ever been to a great funeral? And when I say a great funeral, I don't want to take this lightly or diminish the pain that anyone may be going through currently. But I just, just in general, you know, I've been to quite a few funerals at this point in my life. But some of them, when you walk away, you're just like, wow, that was a good funeral. And it really has nothing to do with the food or how many people were in attendance. But for me, um, I kind of think of a good funeral as, did I learn something about the person? You know, or just learn something in general. Maybe they had a unique hobby and they kind of talked about it or something like that. But oftentimes, I'll leave a good funeral and think, oh, man, I wish I knew that person better. Or I wish I would have taken more time to spend with them. Um But most often, what makes me feel like I've just attended a really good funeral is I will leave inspired. You know, I'll I'll be inspired to pursue that hobby deeper. I'll be inspired to grow in my faith. And most often, I'm inspired to love deeper and with more, less abandon, I guess. You know what I mean? Like, just tell the people that you love that you love them. You know, do you ever notice that at the end of a funeral... People that you don't really say you love, you start, you say, I love you, man. Oh, we should get together. You know, like you're hugging and you're kissing and it's it's all good and stuff. But, but then after, you know, a few days that kind of dies off and we don't live that way always. And when we go through the receiving line, I want you now to picture the receiving line or sometimes it might be the night before if you go to perhaps the funeral home. Um, actually, in my family, I've actually attended... Um, uh, what do you call it? It's like the viewing would be in the home, like in my great-grandparents' home. And there was a joke that, so my great-grandfather built their house literally with his own two hands. And it was a big, big house. But the joke was always that the front door was wide enough for the coffin because that's what they did. We're Italian and they would have the um, the bodies laid out in the home. And he didn't want them to have to tilt the casket to get them out the front door <laughs> because I guess that that was like an infamous story in their town that that had to happen to a, a neighbor. So he's like, I got to make sure this door is wide enough to fit my coffin. They don't have to tilt me. So, um, but anyway, I, di- I digress. Um, when you go to a funeral, oftentimes there's like pictures of the deceased and um, sometimes it'll be like their baby pictures. It'll be their, when they got married, it'll be pictures of them with their children when they were young and maybe as, maybe at their children's wedding and maybe when they become grandparents or there might be photos of their great vacations or just their hobbies, you know, like if pictures of them fishing or I know we have tons of pictures of my dad golfing and standing there on the 18th um, green with his buddies and, you know, or perhaps there's like handcrafted things that they made by hand. I know at my dad's funeral we had on display, he made um, guitars, like handmade um, electric guitars. And so we would have those. And I've also heard of a great idea. There was a woman that was a quilter and every pew 
they had a quilt that she had made draped over the back of the pew, which I thought was just like a beautiful, I'd seen images on it. Maybe you can Google it because I think it was kind of a famous story. Um, it just really looked amazing in this really simple church, but every pew had a beautiful quilt draped over the back of it. So um, anyway, um, a priest friend of mine once told me to live so the priest doesn't have to lie at your funeral. So that's another thing that I try to remember is like, okay, you know, you want the priest to know you. You want to be known as a Catholic. Um, and if you want some homework for today's episode, so you can just sit back and listen if you want. But if you really want to work hard as we lead up to Christmas, you know, we're getting closer and closer to Advent. If you want to take November seriously, then perhaps you want to do some homework. And today I offer you this, um, this a little bit of advice. Write your own obituary. Okay. And sometimes maybe you're like, oh my gosh, Gina, this is too much. But really, like, if you're not contemplating your death, like, how are you living? Like, so, except I don't want you to write your obituary with just like the facts. Okay. Like, um, I want you to try to write it from God's point of view, you know, like how is he watching over your life? You know, so instead of saying, Mary worked at Macy's for 25 years and retired this past May, maybe you say, Mary was a faithful steward of God. She was diligent in all she did. She always greeted strangers with a smile and an offer to help in any way. You know, instead of saying, Joyce was married 52 years to her high school sweetheart, say, Joyce lived out her vocation of marriage, praying daily for her beloved spouse, whom God made one 52 years ago. Together, they accepted the blessing of caring for three of God's children, raising them up in the way they should go, praying with their children daily to seek first the kingdom of God and always seeking clarity on the will of God. Now, this homework is something for you to ponder. And then more importantly, I want you to use it as a bit of a roadmap on how to live. Like, if if you're not living up to your obituary, then what can you do today to start changing? Okay, we don't know the hour in which we will be called home, so we must always be ready. And I want you to imagine, what if a photo from today was taken and displayed at your funeral? What would we learn from you? And how could we be inspired by your life by looking at that photo? So, you know, live each day as if it was your last. And when I say that, it's not to go spend out your whole 401k. It's really to live as if you're going to meet Jesus tonight. Okay. And um, pray hard. Don't forget today is a holy day of obligation. So it wouldn't hurt to get to church and uh, make sure you're receiving the sacraments. So the rest of this month, though, the Wednesday episodes will focus on this month of remembering those that have died. But you know me, it's going to be practical. So we're going to talk about Swedish death cleaning. We're going to talk about a legacy box, like the practical things to do for your family to prepare, um, you know, things like passwords, all that kind of stuff, you know. So we're going to talk about some practical things. And we're going to just talk about some other Catholic things about how we can daily um, work to die. All right, guys, have a great day, and I'll see you on Saturday for a five-minute declutter with me. Take care.